Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, and Andy Brampernard, Catherine Brandt. Wait a minute, Co-host. Catherine Brandt. Co-host. 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 There you go. Well, and and Andy Brampernard. Now <laughs> well, we're talking. We'll be back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. for. <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Bought this album for 50 cents when I was 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, baby! A friend of mine got it for Christmas, hated it, and asked me if I wanted to buy it. And I said, how much you want it for? He said, 50 cents. I said, I'm in. How much, were, al- how much were albums back then, like for real at the store? Uh, like ten, not, five well, see, bucks? It's probably five bucks, yeah, because singles were a dollar. I don't mm. think I've ever bought a single, but I remember buying albums. But I don't remember how much they were. I, do, I remember the last single I ever bought. You want to hear what it is? Of course. The last single I ever bought was Sunshine Came Softly Through My Window Today. I love that song. Yeah, Donovan, song. man. Sunshine Superman. Great song. Last last 40 bucks. I, brought it at, I bought it at Music City on the corner of 7th and Hennepin. You know, wasn't or if he... I went to buy it today, I'd probably be shot to death. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, they wouldn't sell it. So, wouldn't, uh, Wasn't he from Philly? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, he originally from was from England, but I think I think that's right. But I don't know, man. Donovan Leach was his full name. Oh, yeah, really that, nice man. Yeah. Really, really nice man. Is he still alive? Oh, for Christ's sake, I don't know. I have no idea. Who? I just got an email uh, through my junk mail from uh, the from Hot Nerd. That's great. That's <clears> a, <throat> yeah. Reach out there, Hot Nerd. Cool. I'm good. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really understand what the situation is. I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, we, we've got a guest coming up in about a half hour. We'll get to that or whatever. But I want to ask you a question because I was just talking to my friend about something that I've been doing a lot of studying on and I've done some writing on and all the rest of it. How we get to stress. You know, people deal with stress and all the rest of it. Okay, how, and how we get there. And people don't understand that, that there's a building process to get stressed out. And the number one thing is you worry. But you only worry in your brain. And when you, when you verbalize the thoughts in your brain, that becomes anxiety. And when you talk too much about it and with anxiety, you will build stress up like there's no tomorrow. And people, I don't think, understand that, that whole string. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's amazing that you bring this up because I just, on break, was just talking to Alex and Andy about how much stress I have right now. And it, and Why? It, I just have a lot on my plate and a lot of decisions to make that 
or short term. I have to make them in the next day or two of business decisions. Oh, okay. And I'm trying. Right. And I, last time I was in this situation, I built up so much stress from worry that I ended up having a seizure. Oh, man. Yes, Ooh, I had a seizure. Good. And it was the same exact situation I'm in right now. And I ended up having a seizure and getting rushed to Washington Memorials. I was in D.C. at the time. and Man. And it was not good. It was really bad. And yeah, stress, well, that's it. that stress can kill you, man. Well, that's the whole deal. And the build, once again, is you worry in your brain. When you talk about what's in your brain, that becomes anxiety. And when the anxiety builds up to a level, it becomes stress. It starts destroying your body. So what's the what's the what's this fix? How do I how do I stop this? Well, to understand where it's all coming from, it's all coming from. It's not stress. It's not uh, anxiety. It's worry. You're worried about something. So stop it there. Whatever you're worried about, deal with it so it never becomes anxiety and then eventually stress. It's hard to do. Nah, you got it. <laughs> Meditation is good. Meditation is really breathing. good. Breathing. I'm a worrier, Active breathing. I am a worrier. Yeah. Well, so Me is too. Tom Bernard. I yeah. worry nonstop. Me too. Me too. We worry, we worry, and we worry. What, you think part of that's being Catholic or something? Is it, is it being a Catholic and do you worry a lot? I don't know. I think worriers are good people, though. Well, probably. I think you can go to um, a psychologist that works with biofeedback and get rid of a lot of that. It's, that mental clutter in your brain is is it's not actually good for you because stress stress kills. But I always have. I I wasn't always a worrier. It's it's a it's a later in life thing for me. You know, it's amazing about that. I've, I've talked to some people, and I just talked to a friend of mine about this, and he said, you need to do this, you need to talk about this for at least an hour, probably a whole day on your podcast every week, because just talking about it, the, the sequence of events that gets to stress really hurting you, your heart, your stomach, your head. Oh, it gets to you my know, you stomach. You get screaming headaches. It gets oh, to my yeah. stomach bad. It does, but they want they want to start doing at least an hour on on uh, worry, stress, and anxiety on this podcast. I don't think it's a bad idea because I think it would really, really help people. I think I'm dying from it. Well, don't die from it. You're not even old enough to even think about dying. <laughs> I'm serious. It's affecting my body a lot. Oh yes, yeah. yep. it's terrible. It is horrible, but you need to take care of it. And you need to understand. So. Okay, is there anything you talk about that you're worried about? You know, I don't want to, your innermost secrets or business or any of that stuff, but is there anything you want to talk about as far as your stress the way it is? You know, I shouldn't be stressed at all. I have a pretty easy life. I've been pretty, No, not you. I, well, I've been pretty blessed in life. I really have, and yep. I, I really yep. shouldn't, and I, I shouldn't have any worries. And I worry about the dumbest things. Like, it, it, I don't know how to stop it. I, I will, I will I, ask I told you. you. Yeah, go ahead. What? I told you how. Biofeedback? Biofeedback, meditation. <laughs> Alex, you've gone through all of this. I have. I sure have. I've done biofeedback twice in different parts of my life. And I, ever since having extreme anxiety when I was like 20, 20 probably, I started meditating pretty much every day. And now I have no anxiety. <laughs> okay. Know. Well, we need, we need to blame that directly on Toots. It's her fault. <laughs> Well, you definitely have a family gene yeah. that is heightened for stress. I okay. mean, for sure you do. And I do, too. I, I, I think when you're raised in constant turmoil, mm -hmm. it does become a part of your DNA. No it, doubt. it absolutely does. But you can turn off that worry and yes. stress by mindful meditation. If you don't want to meditate, meditate. Just breathing exercises, lots of, I mean, some people pray, some people read about gratitude, and you have to replace the worry and the anxiety with positive messaging. It's not that you you say, oh, I'm so stupid, I shouldn't be worrying. Oh, my God, what an idiot I am, I'm worrying. You go, oh, there's a worrying thought. Is it necessary for me to think about that right now? No. So let me breathe for a few minutes. Well... I do have a question for you, L.A., because I was just on, Catherine just walked by me and I was talking to someone <coughs> about this very thing, because he's been dealing with it. And so we talked for a while, and, and, you know, he knew my background. 
um, the reason that I that I worry so much is I all I ever saw in my life was my mother worried and scared to death. Every she would literally smoke like a stack. She she would scratch herself till she bled. She'd wring her hands. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Where are we going to get money to pay the light bill? Where are we get money to do this? Where she was always worried. So that's where I learned the whole thing. So I said, let me let me uh, ask you, is that the kind of the kind of worry and stress that you have, anxiety? And he goes, exactly. I said, so what did you witness as a child that caused that? He would, how do you know? And I said, because something caused it. He witnessed as a little boy his mother's boyfriend beat the piss out of her. Can you imagine as a little kid watching somebody beat up your mother physically? Huh. Awful. You're See, never going to get rid I of that. I didn't have any of that. I literally had the storybook childhood. I really did. Yeah, uh, but you did it to everybody else. Drove them nuts, <laughs> you know. That is probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. Are you, do you live with anybody or have you lived with somebody that's extremely anxious? Because anxiety is totally catching. Oh, God. Yes. No, but I noticed my father has become the same way later in life. And, and oh. It's an age thing. I think once we hit a certain point in okay. life, we yeah. start worrying about. And I think the biggest worry, and I think my father has the same one, that we're running out of time. And we didn't get what we wanted yeah. to get done done. And I think that's where I'm at right now. I think I'm worried that I'm running out of time and I can't get what I want to get done in life done in enough time. Mm-hmm. I really I do. That. I think my, 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 my time's running out, especially in the business that we're all in. You don't, you know, nobody wants an old man. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it for yourself. <laughs> hey, it hey runs let me out. just tell you something. There's a guy who's got a birthday coming up in another 40 days. Sid Hartman will turn 100 years old, God and he got him. it all done. God bless him. So <laughs> you got time, man. Don't worry about it. Who knows? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you'll live to be 100. You know. I feel like I'm 100 people. right now. <laughs> ah, settle down. You'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. But no, there's something something exterior that's caused. So that's the problem with people when they oh they remember they used to tell you well look inward and find out what's oh, going on. Look inward. Crap. You you need to find what happened outside of your life at a very young age that caused it in the first place, and then you internalized it, and then you became that same thing yourself. That's a fact. Hmm. So don't worry about it. Calm yeah. down. Everything's fine. Tell you what, the when pot I, to the kettle. When I was a train wreck, <laughs> yeah, I didn't okay. worry about anything. No, I know. See, that's the whole deal. It was easy. No, I mean, when you get high and all that? Yeah, it was my Why do you think easy. you got high? Why do you think I love to drink wine so much? Because I didn't feel that anxiety and worry and sorrow then. Yeah. I just get pissed off and threaten to kill people. But, you know. But that's only a temporary fix once it again. It is, yes. Exactly. And, that, and you know what? I have the same thing right now, Tom. My anger is quicker than it ever has been. Why? you think it's because you only have a few more years to be angry? I don't know. I'm just stressed out. Well, right now, L.A. Nick, I will tell you this. Just reading the newspaper or watching the television news is enough to stress you out and make you extremely pissed off because the disgusting well, display we have going on in the world right don't now. Don't even get me started. <laughs> no, I don't want to get started either. It's too disgusting to even talk about. People are horrible I can't, right now. I can say the press is definitely the enemy of the people. No doubt. No doubt. No question. They're destroying They will us. make up and lie about it. And they're causing, and you know another thing, it's causing huge problems, and this is part of your problem, whether you want to admit it or not, social media is not good for people. It's not. No, I stay the hell it away from it. It is not good. It's horrible. I do too. All the people on there are awful. I love my social media, but I have it very catered to what curated I, it? yeah, I've curated yeah, it, I, not I've catered. done the same thing. Well, yeah, you have. Yeah, to. it's a good thing. That is a good thing. You know, there are many. I think what you need to also do, and, and the one thing I did agree with, they said, look for the positive things in your life. It'll make you happier. That I agree with. You know, you have to you have to concentrate on, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I happen to love my wife a little bit anyway. You know. Thank you, honey. I have two children that I adore. I have two grandchildren that I adore. I have very nice, uh, you know, son-in-law, daughter-in-law. I've got a great job, got great friends. But but still... Don't when, forget Jude. You know what? It, oh, Judy. You gotta, <laughs> can't forget Jude. But the thing that gets to me, and I told Catherine this, you know when all my anxiety shows up and, and, and my stress shows up? 
while I'm sleeping. Oh, me it's too. That's horrible. me. That's me. It's horrible, isn't That's it? That's me. The second I lay down and go oh. to bed, it all comes. Oh, yeah. You're in the what's, dark by yourself. Alex, what's the name of the book that you read that really helped you? The Survival Guide of the Highly Sensitive Person. And that's another thing. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm sensitive. Maybe you'd like to get that book. People say that I'm, people actually tell me I'm too sensitive and too, but uh, to me, well, that's, that's just being a nice person. Oh, my whole life I've been too sensitive. Yeah, to me, that's just being a nice person. I mean. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. It's how it affects you. If it's yeah. affecting you in a bad way, then you need to deal with it and figure out how to turn that around. Like I, I was in a business deal and one of the partners screwed everybody over. And I was just uh, like, no, I've never been through that. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm over. And, and they literally said, well, you're, you're just being too sensitive. I'm like, too sensitive? <laughs> I don't deal with crooks, man. Too, too sensitive? Yeah. Oh, just because they stole money from yeah, you? Why do you care about that? I don't deal with crooks. I went out of the situation. I don't right, deal with people like right. this. Well, you've Too got sensitive. a lot of company. That's the one thing you got to remember is that there are a lot of people just like you and me and everybody else on this show. There are a lot of people going through it. And I tell you another thing, right now might be one of the worst times uh, in my life as far as looking outside yourself because people will do anything for money. And maybe they always have. Maybe I just started noticing that in life or something. But they will, do, they will lie and cheat and steal anything for money. Yep. It's sad to me. Very sad. You guys feel the same way about that? Yeah. Well, I don't think everybody's Not like everyone, that. Not everyone. Not everybody. Some people. Not everyone. That's the problem. The problem is, is that the people that are really bad are the ones that seem to be shining right now. Yeah, in, that's true. You know, in the world, it's like the worst the person is, the more attention and the more accolades they get. So it, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, I just think the whole world is stressed out right now. Well, there's no question. You're absolutely right. The whole world is stressed out right now because people, you can't. Well, another thing, and I guarantee you this also gets to everybody on this show. And I I finally told some people today because I cut a couple commercials during the show today. And I've told them over and over and over again, check your work, make sure all the words are there. If I have to, you know, record seven commercials a day, I don't have time to correct your work. You know, never, never is it right. They don't ever go back and proofread it. They don't check their work. Nobody ever checks their work. Of course anymore. not. Why? It's the society we live in. I guess it's just, it's really hard to take, though. It's really really difficult to take because I've just asked them and asked them. All you got to do is read back through it, and if there are any mistakes, change them. It's not that hard. But if I'm recording seven commercials in a matter of about 10 minutes because I got to do it during commercial breaks or during the music, it has to be right. I don't have time you know it is, Tom? to correct your work. No one has common sense anymore. No, that's true. It's yeah. common sense. It's a common sense thing to check. To check it is. But nobody does that anymore. No, you're absolutely right. We'll take a break. Be right back. Got a special guest coming up and lots more. Love to hear your take on all this stuff, too. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. 
The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Uh, just as kind of a lead-in, kind of a precursor to all of this, I decided to take a look at the headlines in one of our local uh, newspapers. You don't want to do that. No. Here, you ready for your headlines? I don't even bother with newspapers. No. no, I don't either. Well, I mean, I have to check online the, the stuff to see if there's any breaking news. That's the only reason I ever use it. But here are your top uh, four stories. Minnesota Supreme Court says Minneapolis $15 minimum wage can stand. You know why it can stand? Because you don't have to pay it. There are businesses that cannot afford to pay $15 minimum wage, but you have no consideration yeah. for them whatsoever. You're doing a terrible job. Oh, they're killing small businesses. Long- they are. They're killing small business, and it needs to stop because a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Wow. Longtime Minneapolis rights activist Ron Edwards dies. He had a nose for injustice. Ron Edwards, a fixture in North Minneapolis when I was a child. Ron Edwards has died. Minneapolis man exposed as commander of a Nazi-led unit. He dies at 100. So we've got a Nazi dropping dead at 100. Probably the last probably one. not a bad thing. Uh, could probably be the last one from World War II. You might be right. No, Maybe honestly, the last Nazi commander. So clearly he wasn't left. stressed out about being a Nazi. Yeah, that's true. He, be wasn't, he wasn't stressed <laughs> out about being a Nazi. He thinks, so like, I feel great. Yeah, he'd be a little true. worried. That's a good point. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, think he'd be a little worried. but uh, And then, of course, Trump says he's open to trial witnesses, but backtracks. That's the, Those are the headlines. N- there's not any good news. There's no good news here. No. Uh, so you know, unless, of course. Yes. Not on the front page. Well, and again, some people deserve a $15 wage, and if you deserve it, you should get it. You're absolutely right. But to set a minimum wage that high is a huge mistake for small business. My problem with it is they if, can't afford it. if you go to college for four years and you graduate, you're going to get $15 an hour. If you're a high school dropout, you're going to get $15 an hour. It doesn't make any sense. I couldn't agree more. It should have, all, it should have stayed around 7 and then you... You get bonuses, you get this, you get that for doing better work. People don't want to work and they want to be paid. Hey, look, $15 is not a lot of money, but when, look, at, at restaurants, there are a lot of cafes on the corner that are going to have to close their doors because they cannot afford to pay that much money because they don't get any tip credit. In Minnesota, they, okay, you know, Minnesota is one of the few places in the United States where the, your tips don't count toward your wages. What? Well, yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, they don't. They do not count towards so your wages. So a good, a good server or bartender at a high-end steakhouse can make a couple thousand dollars a week in tips. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred grand. But it doesn't Absolutely. count. Absolutely, doesn't count. Hundred grand. You don't grand. have to pay taxes on tips. No, no you have to pay taxes, to pay but taxes. it doesn't count towards your doesn't co- doesn't count towards your wage. Oh, well, that's just stupid. I know. Of course, it's stupid. <laughs> that's why they get the business in the first place for the tips. God, you know, seriously, know, it's, it's like, you know, you just want to go down to City Hall and say, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, what, well, they don't know how to run a Could business. Could you get your head out of your ass for a minute? <laughs> well, God. God. Minneapolis just cares about following the the far left platform. So whatever Seattle's yeah, doing do. or San Fran's doing or New York City's doing, they're going to do it here. Yeah. Well, I got some bad news for them because the same thing that's happened throughout history is beginning to happen now. They're all turning on one another. Have you noticed that? Yeah, a little bit. They're a little bit. <laughs> Apparently, you didn't read the paper today because they're all going after each other like there's no tomorrow. It's happened throughout history. We're going to hold this position. It's going to be very severe, and we're going to bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch. And then finally, they just start turning on one another because you're not doing it right. I'm the one who knows how to put pressure on people. You're not. Well, yeah, they're they're operating on a, 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 on a basis of anger. I'm yeah. angry all the, exactly. time, all and, the time, and it's like you can't you can't be nice to one person if you're angry constantly. You're going to end up just being angry to everybody. Correct. 100% correct. So that's the, the downside for all of this, whether it's the far right or the far left. 
you're going to destroy your house because you're going to tear it down from the inside because it happened every single time in history. Fish rots from the head. From the head, baby. <laughs> Does fish really you rot from the I'm head? I guess so. I don't know. That's a <laughs> saying anyway. I, I think, think it's it an would, Italian saying, so I'll ask your people. I would think it would rot from the like, intestine, in the intestine right. track area. It's a boy, saying. It's boy, a saying, Nick. It's just a saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's not examine it too closely. It I'm, causes I'm anxiety. i to check that out. I think the head's the last to rot. <laughs> All right. I did not see this, but this just came up on my screen. It first appeared, ladies and gentlemen, about an hour and a half ago. This is the first time I've seen it. We just talked about them turning on one another and trying to destroy one another. Remember when Hillary Clinton uh, said Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian asset? Yeah. Remember she said that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Tulsi Gabbard just sued Hillary Clinton for $50 million for defamation. Yeah, she'll just write a book. Good. (laughs) Just write a book and give her the $50 million. There you go. That's probably true. Half my profits. They're turning on each other, and the same thing happens in big churches. The same thing happens on the far right in their extreme views. Whenever you have extreme positions, you will end up turning on one another, whether it's far left or far right. It will happen every time, and it's happening right now. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's the way that whole deal is. So basically, compared to that, Nick and Catherine and Tom and Andy and Alex, we don't have any problems. Well, you're Nobody's really, suing me for $50 million. Yeah, We really don't. We, we really don't have any problems. Nobody's dying no, of cancer, no, you know. No, you're right. You're right. I am very sad today to tell you that uh, Terry Jones has died. Monty Python star mourned as complete renaissance comedian. I loved Monty Python. Uh, Terry Jones was very, very funny. And it makes me sad he died at 77. Wow. Of, uh, yeah, he's only 77 years old. So they, he was very young when they, they got up and running, man. He uh, very, very young. Well, and but apparently news, he had a rare form, rare form of dementia. Our guest. Oh, we have a guest. Okay, I'm yes, glad to do. hear that because, you know, we can always well, lighten the moment. I guess we're probably or not, not. going to really lighten anything with this topic. <laughs> no, <I didn't>. but. <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I think it's a great subject. Dr. Gregory L. Jance. More cops died from suicide than were killed in the line of duty in 2019. A study finds... Dr. Jans, I will tell you up front, uh, I'll just talk it for myself here. You aren't going to find anybody more more pro-cop than I am. I love cops, always have loved cops. And there's a reason for that, and I'll get 30 seconds and then I'll shut up, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. When I was a teenage boy, we were up at 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, stirring the pot, causing trouble in North Minneapolis. Cops came and got us. They took one of us down this one way and I went the other way, and I heard this big tussle. And the two cops that had me said, here's your option. You can either behave and go home, or we're going to beat the piss out of you and just leave you here to die. (laughs) So I went, well, the fact that you gave me an option, I really appreciate it. And they said, okay, we'll go home and behave. I will never forget that, Dr. Jans. Isn't that wonderful? How about that? (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Good to talk to you today. Nice to talk to you, sir. Where would we start? At least 228 current or former police officers died by suicide last year. It, that's, that makes me extreme. I did not know that, Dr. Jans, and I'm very sorry to hear that. Well, here's what we're finding. We're finding high levels of depression. You know, we've been treating depression here at a place of hope 36 years, and I'm going to tell you, those in public service are continuing uh, to come to us for help at increasing numbers. So depression rates are very high. And I'm going to add to that, I think, uh, being a cop and being in public service, anxieties are higher. And we don't know. You know, it's really mixed out there. One of the factors is um, there's not a lot of appreciation or gratitude. And I'm making a general statement. And so Mm -hmm. uh, they're... Uh, lack of appreciation or validation for their work, I think, also is a factor. I would love people to tell me, how do you think life would go if we didn't have a police force? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Can you even imagine? 
And they can exactly. never answer that question for me. They can never answer that for me. What do you think? How, what do you think it'd be like if we didn't have any cops? It would be San Francisco all over again, basically. Yeah, yeah. So here's what we here's what we know. Um, you know, uh, our police, our cops. Honestly, they need our support. They need our appreciation. And one of the things that happens is there was so much um, trauma. So much uncertainty each and every day. So we're seeing high numbers of post-traumatic stress disorder, and we're seeing them not really getting, and I'm making a general statement here, but really not getting the help for that. So we've got mm-hmm. high depression, high anxiety, some post-traumatic stress disorder, a lack of general appreciation, and uh, we're seeing addiction issues increase for our cops. So. Uh, alcohol, uh, in some way, they're looking for a way to cope. So we add all that up, and, you know, the depression gets high, and uh, this is why we're seeing the suicide numbers go up. You know, I want to ask ask a quick question. So I actually had a friend who was a police officer here in Minneapolis who committed suicide this year. Um, He committed suicide in his squad car, and he called. Mm. He he went and parked somewhere and then called for backup. Mm and shot himself so they would find him because he didn't want anybody else to find him. Mm. Um, And and then after I went to his services, and I knew at the time knew a lot of Minneapolis police officers, and everybody said, well, we kind of, I was like, didn't anybody see any signs? And and his partner's like, well, we noticed he was losing a lot of weight. Yeah. But he he didn't talk to anyone. He didn't tell anyone that he was depressed. And... Mm. I think that I'm just shocked that the police departments don't have a program in place that looks out for this stuff. Mm, that is true. Because he was like an yeah. amazing person, and I and I talked to him the night before, and I didn't see anything. You know. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other thing we have to remember, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, a police officer has to always have it together. And so, uh, and they're used to uh, many times not showing emotion. We're just dealing with situations. We're dealing with the facts. And so um, it's not a occupation uh, where you um, get to show a lot of emotion. So we have a lot of things that are internalized and, it, and it's carried inside. And so sometimes uh, what we see is, you know, something breaks. The person inside uh, is so saturated with this that they don't see any way out except, and this is where our thinking crosses reality and uh, irrational, but we think that the only way out is, is suicide. And, um, you know, this is difficult to think about. Uh, for me, um, you know, one of the things that we've been doing for 36 years is we want to save lives. And I think about uh, what I believe as many of these uh, cops that we, I wish we would have had a chance to help, and it's sad. I was devastated no over it. That. I mean, I was. He, this was a guy with just had a grandson, like yeah. months before. I mean, real tight knit family is mind boggling to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very very sad. And I do want to say, you um, know, there for this post traumatic stress that never it's relentless. It never lets up. And these guys are dealing with situations, and it uh, it doesn't let up. And so you've got to have a way to build into that uh, a form of self-care, a form of keeping yourself happy. You've got to stay. Uh, our, our cops have to stay away from addiction. Addiction will uh, increase uh, all those symptoms that they're already experiencing. So, And that's where we start to make mistakes. No doubt. I, I do have to take about a two-minute break. Coming up about a minute here. You can hang on through that break and come, come back in the next segment, Dr. Jans. You got it. Is that Absolutely. all right? Okay, I'll tell you a story on the way out. Hopefully you'll get a laugh out of this because I certainly did. When I was a young man driving uh, with my I was riding in a car with my friend, and my friend kind of rolled up to a stop sign, did not stop, kind of rolled up slowly and then just went through it. Cop pulls him over. Cop says, uh, <clears throat> you didn't stop at the stop sign. And my friend said, well, you know, I slowed down. He goes, okay, kid, here's what we're going to do. Get out of the car, and I'm going to start punching you in the face. 
and you can tell me either to stop or slow down. It's up to you. <laughs> Which I thought it was hilarious. It was a great, because he was joking all the way. He wasn't really going to do it, but it's like, don't tell me you slow down. It's a stop sign, not a slow down sign. I don't know. I, I just liked it yep. a lot back when there were laws. You know, when there were laws, I liked it. But apparently we don't have laws anymore. Um, we're talking to Dr. Gregory L. Jans. More cops died from suicide than were killed in the line of duty in 2019, a study finds. Of course, you can uh, go to Dr. Gregory Jans, J-A-N-T-Z, drgregoryjans.com, or aplaceofhope.com. And we will be right back in just a couple of minutes more with Dr. Jans. We're talking cops dying of suicide. Unbelievable. Be right back. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. I did not have time to get music. Dun, dun, well, dun, 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 keep dun, your eye on the dun, clock, dun, Buster. Dun. I was having an allergy attack. I didn't want to like start sneezing on the Yeah, air. all of a sudden he started Sick sneezing baby. and ran away. I was like, what's happening? Sneeze, 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 sneeze. Uh, you're fine now, though, aren't you? I am. We don't I'm have any here. tissues Dr. in here is the problem. Someone no, dropped to. the ball. We used to be boxed. We used Go to. Go buy some... Someone dropped the ball. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Gregory L. Jans, our special guest. Dr. Gregory Jans, J-N-T-Z dot com. Dr. Gregory, uh, Gregory Jans dot com or a place of hope dot com. Tell me about a place of hope, if you would, Dr. Jans. Place of Hope is a facility that I founded. It was actually 36 years ago. We're a whole person facility for the treatment of depression and anxiety. So we work with folks from all over the country and some internationally. We were voted in one of the top ten places uh, in the country to get help for depression. And we believe, yeah, I just finished my 39th book, uh, wow. Healing Depression for Life is uh, the name of the book. And huh. we really do believe there's hope. And uh, my pers- personal mission with this whole area of suicide is, is to save lives um, because uh, we have... You know, it's the number two cause of death for uh, our teens, you know, particularly the 12, the 17-year-olds are a group that we're seeing uh, suicide increase more and more. Can you believe that? I can because of social media. I that that's the second leading cause of death, suicide in that age group. Uh, so, and of course, with our, our uh, cops, our public servants, who um, also the numbers are high, so... Uh, we want to do something to change this. And how do you how do you go about doing that? Well, we want to have an opportunity to uh, work with a person where we're uh, treating this depression. We're treating you can't change the job that they're doing, um, but we've got to change how they deal with it and cope with it. And uh, what happens is uh, they go into um, you know the police. Uh, Role and and do this training, and they most of them do it so so good. And um, but there's really a missing piece, and and 
as time goes along, how do I deal with uh, the effects of this trauma? How do I deal with that internal anxiety that I, I wake up and go to work with every day? So I'm just saying all that depression and anxiety go somewhere. It's like a ticking time bomb. Uh, the police officer rarely is going to uh, do anything like a school shooter. The police officer is going to turn it inward on themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole deal. That and, and I hope people never forget that on September 11, 2001, while you were running out, they were running in. Cops, firefighters, all the rest of those people. How do they deal with it, Dr. Jans, when, when they step between you and trouble? They get between you and all these other different things. They stop people from harming you. They watch over your neighborhood. If we didn't have cops, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night because people would be taking advantage of you every chance they yeah. got. So, yeah. so you're doing that. You're, you're stepping between danger and me, and then I tell you I don't like you because you're a cop? Are you kidding right. me? What is that? How do they deal with that, Dr. Jans? Yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, um, there are those that perpetuate a harsh bias against uh, police. And maybe there's been a negative experience, and I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, we make a general, broad judgment or statement across all, you know, we say, well, this is true of them all simply not true, but we, we make these broad stroke judgments, and uh, we have to believe that now. So it's taking that negative experience and applying it to the entire group, and that's not reality. No, it's not reality, and that that's also a bit confusing. Is this because some people just can't grasp what the cops actually do? They just don't understand it at all? Is education necessary? I don't think many understand what they're faced with on a daily basis. Right. Uh, the uncertain, because um, they're living a life that most people have no understanding of. <laughs> so, you know, they, they're they living um, uh, within, you know, our communities, uh, and it's an invisible life, so to speak. Most have not a clue. Yeah, I think that is very, very true. I, I um, Look, I, I know that it, here's the situation. When you go back 50, 60, 70 years, certainly when you go back 100 years, yeah, like everybody else, cops were horrible to black people, but so was everyone else. So it wasn't a cop thing. It was a skin color thing, unfortunately, yeah. that white people back then were not nice to black people, were vicious in some cases. So it wasn't a cop thing. It was more of a societal thing, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm going to have some pretty strong uh, empathy for the police officer that um, is really struggling. Maybe they're secretly struggling with addiction and Mm -hmm. uh, they want to do well. Here's the thing. Um, In our experience, those who come to us for help, they really, really uh, have wanted to do well, serve well, and, and they have. Um, but you get to this place where uh, it's an unthankful place, there's not gratitude, and they feel attacked, and they've done had years and years of internalized trauma and that post-traumatic stress. Um, you know, this is why, we're, again, we're seeing these numbers go up. I think a big part of that, too, is the cities themselves are making it worse for the police officers. Like the city of Minneapolis, they mm-hmm. they, yeah. they have made their cops stand down to crime. And the cops are so frustrated. They, they're not allowed to—they're handcuffed. They're not allowed to do their job. So yeah. that— that has that was a big toll that took on a lot of police officers, including my friend who committed suicide. He wasn't yeah. allowed to do his job, and he had to watch people get beat up and not do anything. Then they put this 18-minute minimum response time. So if he was right there and he was watching somebody get beat up, he, he couldn't respond for 18 minutes. And he told me all this stuff before he committed suicide that it was eating him up. And... It's just I don't understand why these cities aren't back in their law enforcement, and they're so understaffed. I mean, Minneapolis has no. They, this city has like 700 cops on most given days. There's we had five. Listen to this, doctor. We had 500 
unanswered 911 calls. I'm sorry, 5,000 unanswered 911 calls in the last yeah. year. 5,000 unanswered. Because there's only one or two cops on a Monday or t- and Tuesday that are answering 911 calls. So if everybody in this room calls 911, most of us are never getting <laughs> answered. Yeah. So they're put in an impossible situation. Yes, absolutely. They're put in an impossible yeah, so no now we've added to the pressure cooker because we're asking them to do a job that's impossible to do. And then they they're not allowed to say anything because they'll get they'll get jacked up by their own department and get passed over yeah. for promotions, passed over for anything because they're the they're the one making the noise. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I just so what do we do about it, Doctor Jansen? We're even talking about this topic. Um, oh, it's you my just don't hear this talked about. Uh, I do a morning show as well, and I talk about it on there quite a bit uh, at the same time because I just don't really think – do you think people really in their brains, do they really want to get rid of the police force? I, seriously, they can't be serious about this. Uh, far, far left does. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. Who's going to protect them? Um, there are some that probably do. Um, you know, uh, if – if you have ever had the experience of being uh, helped and a, a policeman has come to uh, your rescue or in your community, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that gratitude. And you have to ask yourself the question, what would have happened if they weren't there? Yes, you're absolutely so, right. Yeah. Again, more cops died from suicide than were killed in the line of duty in 2019. Dr. com. Thank you for appreciating our police officers. Thank, thank you for giving them your love because they need it from every avenue we can provide because they are getting just raked over the coals for no reason whatsoever. So, Dr. Jans, thank you so much. You are welcome, and there is hope for them. So, absolutely. Good. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You got it. Bye. Now, Nick, you, you spent a lot of time living downtown Minneapolis. You've seen things that, that everybody else on the show has never seen. I mean, can you imagine how bad it would get if there were no cops? I tell you, Tom, I lost many nights of sleep after talking to police officers for two hours and going home and going, God, how did they do that? I know. Just them telling me stories, and me and Nancy, they would sit there and tell us stories all night, like people spitting in their face, and they're not allowed to do anything. Like, uh, I just, uh, it's one of the, it's, it was a big part of the reasons we moved away from downtown Minneapolis, because it, it was no longer, it was no longer, we used to say, oh, well, at least our cop friends are on the next corner, and then we knew the cops on the next corner, so we, we can make it, we can make it to seven from our house, we can walk up the, up the road, because we know a cop on every other corner. And then those cops started getting thinner and thinner, where there was a cop every five blocks, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon there wasn't any cops on any block <laughs> and then they, we still had friends that worked private for for businesses because the, the city made the businesses pay these cops to stand in front of their business to keep it safe yeah there you go they weren't on so, duty yeah. they were just paid by the business like a hundred bucks an hour through the city and to have uniform officers in front of your business to protect it what are we paying our taxes for? Exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> and Minnesota is one of the highest tax places in the country. Fourth. Yeah. It is fourth after New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think San Francisco. It might be fifth now. But, uh, yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we are in the middle of nowhere. There's no question about that. Yeah. So, can I ask, what is this 18-minute thing? Oh, they, they came up. Well, that, it was one of Jacob Fry's brainstorms. Um, it was an 18-minute minimum response time. So for it was just a way. It's everything is a way to lower the crime rate on paper. So it's all things that can lower. So that's why they they made a lot of right. things ticketable offenses. So you give somebody a ticket, you don't take them to jail anymore. You just give them a ticket. Even if, if Catherine, this is no this is no joke. New York City. And here, and Los Angeles, if somebody came up and punched you in the face, they would only get a ticket. Hmm. <laughs> 
and, and, and get more than a ticket. And, I, uh, I, I, know, I know, I know personally at least ten people that have just been punched in the face just walking out of an establishment in Minneapolis. Oh, people yeah. just it punch happens, them in the face, break their noses daily, every single day. Nothing mm. happens to them. Nothing happens to them. Why Amazing. do we? Why are we putting up with this? Because the 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 base, that far left base in Minneapolis, they don't they don't they have a theory that if we keep penalizing and, and criminalizing things, it hurts the minority communities. No, it doesn't. I know. Isn't that uh, racist? No, yeah, it is. As hell? It thinking is. that people Absolutely. of a different skin color can't obey the law? No, it's like saying they just can't help themselves but be criminals, so we have to. It's the yeah. same reason you're paying. <laughs> exactly. It's the same reason if you have car insurance in Minnesota, you're paying uninsured motorist costs on your claim because they won't enforce people to have insurance on their car because it hurts the poor people. Oh, God. Just like they, just like they want ba- Jacob Fry wants bail reform, just like New York City has now, where nobody has to get arrested and put put up bail. They're automatically released, just like that bank robber who just released four times or robbed the bank four times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and th- released every Jacob time. Fry wants the same thing. He's pushing for it now for the city of Minneapolis. No bail. You just get a ticket, and you go home. Don't you, you never get arrested. Don't you think that Jacob Fry is too cute a little puppy to be running things? Jacob Fry is a complete political ladder climber. Mm-hmm. He's doing everything no possible to get noticed by the National Democratic platform. That's why he picked the mm-hmm. thing with Donald Trump so he could get on the news cycle. He just right. wants to be he, – he's, he's, he's from Virginia right outside of D.C. He moved here just mm-hmm. to run for office. He's married to a lobbyist. He There's so many red flags with the guy. I don't know how he got elected in the city of Minneapolis. He literally had just moved here and ran for office and won. And I know he's all he wants to do is be a senator, and that's what he's he's he has no ties here, well, he has no family here, he doesn't own a home here. Yeah, well, Minneapolis, all you have to do is just parrot whatever Nancy Pelosi says, and you'll win. Yep, yeah, so pretty much that's true. all you have to do. Uh, Hopefully the second hour will be a little more cheerful. Yeah. Than the but no, this stuff needs well, to be I talked just, about. It does, because I think this is one of the reasons why it causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because we are yep. all paying all of these taxes. We all want to live in an area where we can go downtown and go to a bar or a restaurant or see a theater, you know, something at the theater and not have to worry about getting punched in the face. I don't think that's high expectations of a city. Well, yeah, the, last, the last, there was a, guy, a kid that beat up a, I think it was 57-year-old man on the light rail in April. And he just got sentenced yesterday. And I was surprised he did get, uh, I think, 60 days in jail, which I was surprised. They usually get nothing. But it was his, like, 37th offense. <laughs> oh, well. See, I and, mean... And they're talking about now, so the, the head of Met Council was saying today on the, on the press... That he wants to ban riders for life if they commit a crime on the light rail. I'm all what for it. What does that mean? But I don't know and how what does you that could, mean yeah. anyway? Nobody's even right. checking tickets on the light yeah, rail. Yeah, you can never enforce it. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll be back. Got another hour coming up. Another great guest coming up next hour with the family.